You're listening to the Breaking Through Podcast, showcasing the best new talent hitting the scene. G'day and welcome to the first episode of the Breaking Through Podcast. Now, starting a new show, I think it is always important to get on someone that, you know, I click with and is also a fantastic artist. So we got Sydney rapper Beggar coming on today. How you going, man? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Um, now we've we've known each other for quite a while. Um, now, when when we met at uni, you were a theatre media student, acting, little comedy on the side, um, and you leave uni, and we see on social media this um, this this you start this rapping name beggar. How how did that transition go from you know? the uni student, the theatre media student, the bartender, to now a rapper? Um, well, it's, it's interesting because uh, well, while I was at uni, especially um, my last year of uni, I uh, met a friend of mine who's now also a rapper by the name of Pack a Day, um, and he sort of got me into it. I I'd really came around to rap late in my own music taste. Um, I was much more, you know, growing up, it was much more, um, you know, pop punk I was very much in that same kid sort of movement and then transitioning out of that it was people like uh, Tyler the creator that got me into rap um, it sort of carried that same angry energy so to come to uh, meet pack a day and then I was starting to write and mess around with it and it was sort of an extension of the theater stuff doing uh, doing music and doing rapping and and doing that because it was a way to be creative and expressive and things like that um, in terms of moving into actual doing projects and things like that, uh, 2017 was and 2018 were quite rough years for me. So uh, the writing and the rapping definitely became a, a you know a way to get a release from all the stuff that was going on. So I probably used it. I used it as a crutch, and, it, and it's really helped me. And um, and now, yeah, I'm I'm sort of starting to do. A lot more stuff with it and i'm really enjoying all the stuff i am doing with it i wanted to i want to take you back to um my first year you talk about pack a day someone that uh we both went to uni with um i want to take you back to um uh, was it uh tiki the tiki party uh in in uni at first year how you and pack a day um had that first rap session in the dorm room do you remember that one? Absolutely. I do. I do very much. Uh, I, I mean, I don't remember too much of that day. Um, it was, it was, it was a big did, one. It was a big one. We did go a bit too wild that day, but I do, I do remember that first, that first time in the, in Packaday's room and, um, and yeah, it was a, a wild time for sure. Now the, the interesting thing for me, um, I want to move on to Miza, the first song you released. Um, yeah. When when you released that, all I had in my head was that first rap session in Packaday's room, and uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> that rap, obviously, we we done a lot that day. But then that's what that's the only kind of thing I had from you rapping. And then we moved to Miz Up, and even though it's your first release, I I was surprised at what you'd actually achieved in that one song. Can you talk to me about the process of actually going through Mizza um, and actually getting to that finished product? Uh, yeah. Um, 
Mizza, Mizza was one of the ones, I think it was off the, the first EP triplet, and it was probably one of the ones I wrote for, like, it was probably the first one I wrote that I was like, I'm actually, I want to release this song. Um, as you know, like when I started doing all this stuff and writing and things like that, a lot of it was just trying to be really funny and really punchline heavy, um, quite direct, even a little bit obnoxious. You would you would probably be able to say um, it was very you, very, yeah, very me, very much. For people that um, only know you by your rapping, um, your rapping is basically your person. It's your personality and rapping; they go hand in hand, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, how much they correlate was was interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. So Mizza was really just like trying to get probably trying to pump as many jokes in as you can to to attract and i think it turned out really well obviously it sort of had a it had a beat that was it's quite simple quite stripped back it sort of allowed for um allowed room for play and that's where that whole first ep really sat in a in a world which was really really had room to play and that's you know like you said that's the sort of very much a part of me is having a bit of a laugh, having a joke, not taking it too seriously. Um, and yeah, so Mizza, Mizza came out of just walking walking to work back and forth and just trying to think of as many funny things I could put into a song as I could. Yeah, it, it was witty and you, you've always been quite a witty man. Now, um, there's obviously one relationship that has, well, from outside looking in, that has kind of definitely helped you to get to where you are. And I think that relationship is with uh, Bojo Jones. How, how, did that, how did that come about? And tell me about his influence into your music. Uh, so I met Bojo through uh, a friend of mine. I was working at a pub called the Bridge Hotel in Sydney and um, doing like a lot of rave shifts, you know, early hours. And talking to this guy, I told him I was you know, rapping and trying to make music and be a rapper and stuff. And he told me about this friend of his who was a producer. And the first few times of meeting Bojo was all 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. Those, you know, conversations over a bar of just like, oh, we'll work together. Yeah, we should link up. We should we should hang out and things like that, which, you know, never usually come to fruition. Um, this time it did. And he's had, uh, well, I, I always say, Anyone ever asked me about my music, uh, none of it happens without him. Um, you know, he's like all, all the all the tracks are produced by him, all the mixing's done by him, all the mastering's done by him. Um, he holds me like from even from our first recording session in the front room of his house um, to now, he has always kept me a hundred percent honest and made sure that every single thing that we do, every single thing we put out is perfect at the time you know we listen back to some of the older stuff and like oh man we wish we could have done this different wish we could have done this different but there's never been a point where he's let my standards been below and um and that's been a really big help for me because now i know that you know obviously i try and have fun and i try and do a whole bunch of funny things and be quite light-hearted with a lot of my stuff but you know there's a work ethic that I, that I already had, but that he's instilled in me again for the actual recording process. 
And you you always need that support too. Otherwise, you're not really going to get anywhere. Um, well, not Absolutely. not as far by yourself. It's always good to have that support mechanism. Now, I want to move on to um, probably one of my favourite songs of yours, and also um, a great video clip. You do really that that first like line you drop into it. Um, the in my defence video clip. Um, yeah. Talk to me about. Um, you know, making that like a f- your first music video. Um, talk to me about the feelings you were going through, how you feel about it, um, kind of that process that, you know, takes to make a music video like that. Um, well, it's like it, the, the good thing about that video is how simple it was. You know, we shot it with uh, one camera and uh there was myself, Bojo Jones, uh, another artist by the name of Great, uh, the Great Lummox, and uh, the Great Lummox's uh, brother, who goes by Beeswax Speaks or Barney T on Instagram, who shot it and shoots all of our stuff. Um, and it was the it was one of those ones where we knew exactly what we wanted. Uh, In my defense, is straight to the point as a song. It. It knows what it wants to say and it had to have a video that matched the energy but didn't take away from what you're experiencing sonically. Um, so we shot that um, at about 8.30 at night uh, in the tunnel next to Strathfield Station and it was a really weird experience. Of like, It was my first time shooting a music video. So the first take we did, I think I got about a minute into the song before I had to call a cut because I was exhausted because I was trying to perform the song at my full energy. So it was a learning process in that regards of knowing that I still had to carry the energy through without busting myself. If it's a one, if it's a one minute 53 song and we're doing one take, then I had to, you know, get the whole way through that. There was no time for it to cut. So um, yeah, it was a really interesting process. I did love the um, – I've watched it a few times and I love um, just the people walking past and, like, what, what they would be thinking. Like, just going, what's, what's – and, like, there's no time where you'd look at them or anything and they're just – oh, I would just love to know what what that feeling was. Oh, what's going on here? I just – every time when – I think it's, you're walking through the tunnel – and there's like one or two people there that you just walk past and you just, you're obviously, you know, doing a music video and whatever. I don't know. That could be a common occurrence in Sydney. I don't see it much on the Gold Coast, but. Uh, <laughs> every, I'm sure it's happening and you're just not seeing it. Oh, well, especially not at the moment. Um, no, definitely not at the moment. Uh, now, I wanted to talk about um, your most recent release and I did, I did message you on this one. Um, it is my... It is a personal favourite of mine, um, Weirdo with St. Bedlam. Um, yeah. Now, I have obviously follow you guys on Instagram, so I saw that something was in the making, but I, I feel like that was a song that just everything came together, the beat, the production, your lines, Bedlam killed it. Um, I just love the line, the um, Pray the Gay Away. I just I thought that was your bars are outdated. They try to pray the gay yeah, away. I, I, yeah, I just felt like that was such a you thing to say. Um, t- tell me about the going in going into the booth with um, beds making that song. 
Um, and they kind of come up into, you know, from think about Miza to Weirdo. Yeah, it's a big, like, you know, I, I think of what uh, Miza and like the triple EP came out in July and that, and Weirdo came out in January. So that's that six, about six months difference. And I mean, if you listen, I listen back to Triplet now and I think, oh, you know, what the, you know, what on earth is going on? Like, what was I doing? And that's one of those things of, um, you know, that's hindsight at the end of the day. Um, Weirdo, Weirdo, I, I think, like, yeah, I think, like you said, it, it's sort of a perfect storm. Everything really came together on that track. Um, the energy was so great. Uh, St. Bedlam kills it. She kills it every single time she records anything. Um, she absolutely smashes it. She is a, a stand-up artist, and anyone that doesn't know Saint Bedlam, you've got to know about Saint Bedlam. She's one of the best, what, in my opinion, and you know I might be biased, but hundred percent, hands down, think she is probably one of the best lyricists in this country. Um, she just just smashes it out of the park. Um, we and, and we met like I, I think I just saw some of her stuff on Instagram once, and I just DM'd her just saying you know big ups like you know I I really like your stuff, and we found out we lived about three k's away from each other, and a Weirdo was written in about two hours in my lounge room, and um, and then yeah a few weeks later we recorded it, and um, and yeah it's we wanted it we wanted it to be an anthem, and I think that's exactly what it does. I think it it has that sort of um, that anthemic quality where, you know, we, you know, that's the whole song's about being weird and being out there. And I think we've both carried those sorts of feelings from, um, you know, being young, weird metal kids to, to where we are now. So, um, but yeah, that song is, that song's one of my favorites for sure. Now, uh, you say you just wrote it in, in your lounge. Was it like, uh, you helped write each other's lines or you just went, okay, our verses are us. And then, We'll come together at the end and give each other notes, or was this like a collective effort? It's um, it's so I sent the beat to Bedlam a few days before, and I think she had the hook already done, or she like she'd been sitting on that as a hook for a while, and it just worked so perfectly with the beat. Um, but it's interesting when you when you rap. So when you write with another person, especially in that sort of environment where you know we she came over to my place, we had a couple of beers and we just sat down, we listened to the instrumental, you know, just back to back for two hours. Um, it's quite a competitive atmosphere, and for someone like myself, I thrive on that. You know, trying to make sure that you know even if you're going to get outbarred, you're not going to get outbarred by much. You know, like you want to have the best verse on your track, obviously. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's quite competitive. We sort of give it, you know, you go, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes and you'd say whatever you had in that time. And then, you know, they, you give notes to the other person, the other person would give notes to you. You'd go back. If you had an idea, you'd run it by them. Um, so yeah, it's, and then you come out of it at the end with what is a full song. Um, so you know, it's really it's one of those really magical moments of collaboration where you can just go in, sit in a room for a couple of hours, and come out with something that is really cool. I do, I, I do reckon she did compliment um, that song really well. Oh, dude, the, the her, 
I, I, every time I think of Weirdo, I think of her first, I walk like Willy Wonka, Kane's my brother, but I've never been able. I just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that lyric. Every time I hear that, it's like I get so gassed up. I, I just be sitting here reciting it to you and I still get gassed up by that bar. There, there was so much to process in that song. I have um, obviously listened to it a few times, but it did take me probably like the third or fourth time to listen to go, oh, Kane and Abel. Because there's just, there's just so many lines in that song that I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. And you know how in some songs you kind of wait for wait for it to get to that bit so you can like you know hear it again. Um, exactly. And there was there was definitely a few lines like that in there. Um, staying on Saint Bedlam, um, let's talk about her EP launch. Yeah. Um, so obviously, well, in in hindsight, perfect timing for um, what environment we're in now if i am correct that was your first performance that's my, that's my first beggar. live performance as beggar that's right yeah um and you obviously did post on uh, a lot of people's insta stories on your instagram um but talk to me about obviously you know you've got to you've got to support bedlam but then you've got these people in front of you that you know you're performing your music in front of so tell me Talk to me about that feeling about actually getting your stuff out um, in front of people that you know are actually enjoying your music, or hopefully enjoying it. Oh, it was um, obviously it was first and foremost it was exhilarating. You know, it it was such an exciting thing. I um, you know, coming from a performance background in theatre, you know, it's uh, it's very different. It's it I I would liken it more to stand up than I would to theatre because theatre you are very much you are there as a character doing someone else's work right uh, as, a, as a comic you're you are there as yourself and it's the same as a rapper you are there as yourself um but it is it is it is awesome you know what we had you know it, it the great thing about um the good space uh venue at the top of the lord gladstone is that you can get 40 50 people in there and it feels like you've sold out you know msg like it's it's a really tight intimate space um the people are right on top of you um and yeah it was just incredible having uh, a lot of people there really vibing what i was doing i don't i, I if i'm being 100 percent honest i barely remember it i remember it being really loud i remember hearing the cheers i remember you know having a feeling that people were enjoying it um but it sort of went by in a blur. It was just like an adrenaline rush. It's sort of, yeah, it's I, I, it's almost like I just got put in gear and they they wound me up and they let me go and I um and I did it and you know everyone said they everyone said I did well, which is always a good good thing to hear. But um, yeah, no, it was it was amazing and you know having a whole variety of people. You know, we had you know people uh, like the new Bedlam and there was uh, we had Kaiser on that, we had Thraxy on that. Um, there's a few of the pe- people from Ill-Equip um, who run their studio and their offices out of the Lord Gladstone that, you know, having them come give me props as well was a really big thing. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a really, really great moment. And obviously, with the environment we uh, are in now, it was fantastic timing. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's always good to get that experience under your belt. And with how the music industry is going to be for however long, you know, this uh, coronavirus goes for, I guess it was good to, you know, not have to, well, have to wait, 
you know, maybe months, maybe a year to actually, you know, get that first um, performance under your belt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but go- with coronavirus, um, we've obviously, the the music industry has obviously had to um, kind of transform into ways that they can, so people can get their music out. Um, and recently you competed in a rap competition. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you think you went in that, mate? Uh, it could be a uh, first placing for you, was it? We uh, we did manage to secure the W, uh, which is great. I honestly, the the last couple of hours, I thought I was going to get uh, taken over in the votes, but uh, we held on. Um, very appreciative for that. Now, for people for people that um, don't follow you um, or haven't followed you yet, um, it was a sleazy thieves competition. Um, how many, how many rappers were actually in the, uh, rounds? Uh, we started with, uh, we started with 12, um, and then yeah, one by, it was knockout. So you go up against someone in the vote and, uh, most votes goes through. So I got lucky in my, after my second round, I had the most overall votes to go straight through to the final, which was a huge bonus for me of, um, having a little bit of time off to prepare myself for the final. And you definitely did prepare. You, it was, it, it was from your first round to your last round. There was definitely, you definitely saved the, the best to last. Um, I was watching the, uh, the votes go up. Uh, we, we did share some stories. We did try and, um, get some friends to do it. And at night you were, you know, the percentage was high, but, but at the end of it, there, it was a lot closer. And I was like, I wasn't sure. I think it swung by twelve percent from midnight on the Wednesday to seven o'clock on the on the Thursday, seven p.m. on the Thursday. It swung by twelve percent. And there so was, was nearly, there was nearly was, a thousand votes or something, wasn't there? All nine nine hundred and seventy seven votes total. Jeez. Yeah. That's, so that's... like huge engagement, and obviously that's a great thing for myself and uh, Mad, who's a Queensland, uh, who's a Queenslander. <sighs> Gold Coast, um, mate. Reffin. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Mad. Um, you know, it's great exposure for the both of us. You know, having you know, you know, however many people vote for her to see my stuff, and however many pe- people vote for me to see her stuff. It's you know, it's great exposure for the both of us, and obviously great exposure for Sleazy Thieves as well. Is is there anything else on the horizon like like that type of experience that you're looking to do or trying to do? I I think. I think isolation poses a really, really um, interesting creative challenge for all of us. Um, you know, every, every musician. You know, we've seen so many cool things happen already. You know, there's DJs who are doing you know live stream DJ sets. There's rap competitions like the Sleazy Thieves one. We've had things like the Down Bad Challenge go through uh, with a whole bunch of people. Like you know, big artists in Australia like uh, TK Mides, uh, uh, Solo from Horror Show. You know, Seth Century, like um, who all day did one. I think Kwame did one. You know, like these, these sort of like almost like you know your internet challenge sort of things. But everyone's got so much time now. I think we're gonna. A lot of us are gonna come out of isolation with a whole bunch of new music and a whole bunch more time to you know work on your craft. There's not a lot. You know, for Someone like me, you know, I still have to. I I don't really make money from rap, you know. I gotta. I've still got to work my normal job and things like that. So 
now obviously with all this stuff and you know my job isn't considered essential i'll now have time to sit at home and just work work on my you know work on the music and work on trying to get better so that the next few things i put out are you know are really good and try and get as much uh, exposure from it as i can so hopefully you know more challenges come up i might you know just like start throwing random challenges at a few of my rapper mates and just see what we can uh, see what we can get from it you know now you talk about um what you're bringing out um you have spoken recently about um an album that you're making can you give us can you give us a date how many songs we're going to get or just any information from this album um i i you know what it, there's so much that's still up in the air with the album um like it's it's definitely coming out um we're going to hope before the end of august is like our um is our like hopeful release time is, is about the end of august um we're aiming at about 12 13 tracks um it's like i'm trying to get features sorted out we've i think we've tracked about six songs for it so far but the the, the goal this year is just make as much as we can whatever goes onto the album will go into the album whatever we've got left will go into another project that we'll release later than that um you know just trying to make as much stuff as we can but i unfortunately i don't even have enough stuff to uh to to give you hints about the album man compared to your other stuff is it what what kind of direction are you going in with this is it going to be a similar direction direction to like weirdo or bringing it back to something like miza where, where are you going um look it's it's probably got it's everything we do we try and take another step up we, we try to bring ourselves forward every single time. So there'll be there'll be flavors from you know that that Mizza era that like you know of, of triplet. There'll be things from the flat white one sugar EP. There'll be things from Weirdo. There'll be things from all the releases I've done, um, all the releases I've got coming out with other people. You know, there's things like that happening. You know, we're we're always trying to step up. We're trying to step up our sound. I'm trying to upskill myself to make sure that I can be the best, you know, sort of rapper I can be. Um, you know, Bojo's constantly working hard on, you know, his production side of things. Um, yeah, we're always moving forward, and that's and that's where we want to stay. We never want any two projects to sound exactly the same. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Now, um, as you know, we are both good friends with uh, Pack a Day. Yes, um, and. I do talk to him quite frequently, and I know that uh, you have a verse that you need to be completed for him. <laughs> uh, we, we, we did talk the other day, and I was like, oh, I've got him on Friday, so um, I'll bring it up, and I'll see if I can get a date for you. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, myself and Bojo are recording uh, once a week now at a minimum, so they'll be recorded next time we're in the studio, mate. He so, knows, so, and he, so knows that as, he knows that as well. He's been cheeky about uh, trying to air me out for that. He knows that's come, that's when it's getting recorded. Well, mate, <laughs> you, you, you're both trying to release music, mate. You're both you're both trying to get it out. So, and I, I think you're both very uh, witty, witty rappers. So I think um, I think that'll go well. Um, now to end to end the podcast, mm. I thought well, we do we have been friends for a while, and I do have. Um, I do have a few personal stories from you, but I, I just, I wasn't sure. I wanted to keep it PG rated. Um, oh, I don't know how many of them can be PG rated, mate, if, if there are any of the stories I'm thinking um, about. 
Um, but I'm 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 gonna take it back to um, first year. Um, Your first year, not mine. Yeah, yeah sorry, my first year. Yeah. Um, and at uni, um, for pe- for people that have never been to uni or didn't experience this type of thing, um, we had marriage proposals in the dorms, uh. and um, Liam has a. Sorry, Beggar has a very special talent, and that is doing the most confident nudie run or nudie walk that I have ever seen. I think I still hold is that there, record, is, actually. Is, is there? Nudie runs. But I'm think I'd I'd like to t- I'd like you to tell the story about um how you proposed to a man named Jono. Oh man, I was um I think Jono was Jono's a good friend of ours. He's, uh, a uh, a lovely a lovely young man, uh, and uh, he was, you know, he, he was he accepted a lot of things. He didn't exactly love the naked female form. I mean, naked male form. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, so I decided uh, as he was coming back from uh, dinner one night that I'd propose to him by lying naked on top of his uh, what was his car. I can't, but he loved it. Though. He it bloody was loved some that like, car. It was, it was like your '90s era, like Toyota supercar yeah. sort of thing. Um, it was an yeah, abs- and he'd always, he'd always swing his keys around when he'd come out of it yeah, as well. It was an absolute heap, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it was. He got welcomed out to in four degrees, mind. It was quite cold. That uh, it was so cold. Night. I remember having so many jumpers on, and you just. Oh, and, yeah. the, the amount of times I saw you nude that year, I just... I um, It's just so confident, just hands out, slow walk. At, at, at oh. the end of the day, um, you you know, if you're going to take a nudie run, you got to take it on the chin and just go for it, I guess, is the um, is my advice. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I did propose to Jono while naked on the hood of his car, and I do not believe I got a yes. I, oh. think, I, got, I think I got a firm no, and then I got a yes later once I was closed. Well... If I was him too, Matt, I probably would have said no, seeing you naked. <laughs> um, now, that's all. I feel like that's a pretty good place to end it on. Um, a nude beggar. Get that in your heads, guys. Um, now, if you do want to go listen to any of Beggar's stuff, highly recommend. Go to his Facebook, his Spotify, or his Apple Music page, all with the same name, B-E-G-G-A-R. So, uh, thanks for coming on today, man. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Brenton. Uh, much love, mate, and hope you're uh, staying nice and safe and healthy through all this craziness, bro.